Hey everybody, it's injury lawyer Scott DeSalvo again, and I'm recording this on New Year's Eve during the day, and as you can probably tell, my voice sounds really deep, way deeper than it normally does, and I may sound a little bit more nasally than usual. I definitely have a cold. Uh, it's better today than it has, than it was yesterday, and it's been getting progressively better, but I still have a ton of congestion and I'm not feeling 100%. I've heard the old joke about having a face for radio and a voice for newspapers. That's a joke that basically means you aren't good looking enough for screen and your voice isn't good enough for radio. That's sort of how I feel. My nose is red and my lips are chapped and I look tired and my voice sounds a little weird to me, although maybe I have a better radio voice with a deeper voice. Maybe I should get sick more often. But, you know, I'm not going to let that stop me, so I'm sorry for my more nasally than usual voice. Please bear with me. So, no, I mean, I'm not going out for New Year's and, you know, I'm not going to have company for New Year's Eve. I'd rather just stay in and get rid of this cold once and for all and hit 2017 running. But the good news is that means I've had some time to take a look back at the year 2016 and draw some conclusions about the year and how we did and what we can look forward to in 2017. And I want to share this information with you and sort of give you a backstage pass to what's going on at the office. I've really never done that before and I figure what the heck. Some of you may be interested in how the office runs and some of the other folks who are in the office so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first I'd like to share with you why I became an injury lawyer. If that's okay. And I know what you're thinking. Great, a boring story about a lawyer doing what he loves best, talking about himself. But I'll tell you, it's hard for me to tell this story because it makes me feel vulnerable and it brings up a lot of tough emotions for me. I promise it isn't a really long story and I think it might help you understand a lot of things about how I'm different than typical lawyers. So here goes. When I was about seven years old, my father, a truck driver, got seriously injured on the job. He hurt his neck and back very badly. He was about 35 years old when that happened, and he was never the same. This was back in the 1970s when spine surgery was relatively new and not safe as it is now. There was a big risk of things going wrong if he had the surgery on his neck and back, and my father didn't want to risk being paralyzed from the neck down. My father tried to return to work five times, and he was taken away from work in an ambulance five times. And my father hired the wrong injury lawyer, and he got screwed over in his case. His injury case went on for 17 years. 17 years of no income, 17 years of sitting in the house on pain medication, 17 years of not being able to do any of the things that he enjoyed doing. At the time of his injury, my father was married to my mother, and he had three young kids at home, and my stepbrother lived with us too. Things were really tight. I didn't own a new pair of blue jeans until I was in high school. We all wore hand-me-downs and thrift store clothes. Money was tight. I started working at 13. I swept up at a boat shop, cleaning up fiberglass, and later, I straightened boat propellers. I worked in a textile factory. I delivered pizzas at night. I ran a printing press. I was a night manager of a sandwich shop. I worked at a bar, lots of other things. So I put myself through college and law school. It wasn't easy. I worked full time while I did it, sometimes two or three jobs. You know, it's funny to say, but I only recently have come to realize that the reason I became a personal injury lawyer is because of what happened to my father and my family. And I've taken all of the anger and all of the frustration 
and all of the outrage at how my father's case was mishandled, and I pour all of those feelings into my cases that my clients bring me, because I never want anyone else or anyone else's family to go through what my father went through and what my whole family went through with him. But it's not a hot anger that I bring to the fight of an injury case. It's a cold anger and skill that I bring to protect my clients. Over the last decade, I've associated myself with an organization of the top trial lawyers in the country, where we all learn the latest case and trial techniques and strategies and skills. I spend several weeks and thousands of dollars every year making sure that my skills are cutting edge and that I am absolutely the best lawyer I can be. And I do this too to make sure that what happened to my father and my family never happens to yours. So when I tell a client, I understand when you or a loved one calls me with an injury case, I promise I do. You know, they teach you in law school that you're not supposed to care about your clients or become emotionally attached to them or their struggles or their injuries. This is a rule I break with every case, and I'm happy to. This is what makes me different than virtually every injury lawyer I've ever met. And it's why I hope that you'll trust me with your case and your referrals. So let's change gears a little bit. How has 2016 gone at the law office of Scott D. DeSalvo, LLC? Well, most lawyers this time of year look up how many injury cases they've signed up, and I'm no different. And so here's a little, you know, inside the NFL info for you, a little backstage pass info. You know, there's a lot of ways to get injury cases. And when I first started out, uh, gosh, uh, I started generating cases probably about 14 years ago, 15 years ago, but uh, I've been practicing for almost 20. Newspapers were very popular. So um, I bought this marketing course from a guy, and I was generating tons of leads, lots of phone calls uh, using newspapers. And since newspapers now have basically died. Very few people read newspapers, and now most attorneys rely on TV or radio or increasingly the internet. Almost nobody uses yellow pages or newspapers anymore. The consequence of that is I'm still generating business, but the advertising cost to generate a new client or a phone call is immense. Um, it's like a hundred times what it was when I started out 14 years ago, depending on, you know, what sort of, uh, you know, whether you're on the internet or on TV. And I think there's much more competition now. I think there's a lot more people in the Chicago market looking for the cases. So that's why when a current or former client or a friend sends me a case, not only do I appreciate that expression of trust and friendship, but it also makes it, you know, financially viable for me. So, you know, I appreciate when you guys do that. But here's another thing I want to tell you a little bit about. I don't really talk about my staff that much, and I have such a great staff now. We have such a great team that I've decided to tell you folks a little bit about the team. So my associate attorney who works under me, Stasia Peterson, is, uh, she's dynamite. Uh, she's getting really good at procedure. She's really learning the case law. She's really picking up 
assisting me with trials really well. And, you know, what makes a good associate attorney? Well, in my book, it's somebody who's positive, who's good with the clients, who is reliable, and who's smart and really applies themselves. And Stasia is all of those things. So I'm really happy with her. I'm happy with her development. And my hope is that we can keep her around. But here's what happens with young associates. They get out of law school. They get a first job. No matter how good the first job is, they're always wondering about whether the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. So, you know, I've told Stasia, frankly, I want to keep her. But, uh, you know, it may be that at some point in her career, she wants to work somewhere else. It would be a terrible mistake in my book. But I'll try and keep her because I'm really pleased with her. And I... I think she's really nice to all of my clients, and she's really getting good at what she does, and it's it's nice to see. Um, I focus a lot on teaching and training, and she's 100% open to that. You know, you sometimes get lawyers. Lawyers are known for having big egos, and so even young lawyers, they feel like they graduated law school, they passed the bar exam, they're hot shots, they want to do it their way. Well, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I want an associate who will take my lead. And so in order to help them do that, I explain why we do things the way we do. Stasia's awesome. She's a perfect balance between taking the initiative when she has to and following my lead when I ask her to. So couldn't be happier with her. The, uh, she's a big reason why the office is running great. Now, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the se my secretary, Jessica, who I just promoted to office manager. Uh, Jessica's been with me for about a little bit more than two years, and she's dynamite. Um, I could probably do a three-hour podcast on all the little details of running a small business and especially running a law firm with employees. You wouldn't believe the number of little details and things that have to get done every day, every week, every couple of weeks, monthly. I don't know how Jessica s stays on top of it. She's great with the clients. She handles everything in the office so that Stasia and I can focus on the cases, you know, signing up cases, working on cases, resolving cases, trying cases. She anticipates what we need. You know, it takes a while to get used to working with somebody new and to meet their expectations because you don't know what they do. But she's fantastic. Um, oh, you know what I forgot to mention about Stasia? I give everybody nicknames. Now, usually I give them, uh, they're not mean nicknames, they're silly nicknames. And the problem is I never remember the nicknames I give them, but the, my current team have nicknames that have sort of stuck. Are they world-class? No, but Stasia's nickname, I call her either Stasis, because it sounds like Stasia, or I call her Stamos for John Stamos, because if you've ever seen Stasia, she's the exact opposite of John Stamos. Stasia's like a really tall, pretty blonde girl um, with really pale skin and blonde hair. And John Stamos is like a short man who's tan with dark hair. So it's like nickname opposite. And then for Jessica, I like to call Jessica Hibara, a play on her last name. Sometimes I call her Hibarito, which is uh, like a Mexican. If you go to a Mexican restaurant, they have like... Uh, sodas called hibaritos or i call her hr so whenever we're joking around in the office and the joke gets a little too crazy i'll i'll pretend like jessica is our hr department so i'll call her hr 
I'll say, hey, HR, what do you think about that? Now, the uh, our other employee is Alexa, and um, I'm sad because Alexa's leaving us. Alexa's been the law clerk in the office for a little while now, probably six or eight months, but I'm sad that she's leaving, but good for her. She graduated law school, and she's going to be studying for the bar. Really good. She came into the spot, cleaned up the desk. I mean, when it comes to ordering medical records, which is her main responsibility, intelligence and organization and a fast work pace is key. Alexa hits all of those. She's really helped us catch up on missing medical records and obtaining medical records for our cases. So she's dynamite. Alexa's nicknames are either Alexian Brothers or we call her Mosquito. I don't even remember how Mosquito came about, but Alexian Brothers is a hospital and her name is Alexa. I don't know. I never claimed to be like that funny. Sorry. And then finally, uh, we have a part-time law student named Maggie, and I call her M-Train. I don't know why. It just popped into my head. But Maggie's fantastic. Maggie also helps us with medical records, organizing files, uh, closing and scanning files, you know, sort of catch-all. But we've also trained her to, um, to do medical summaries on some of the more simple cases, like the more straightforward cases. And she's even started working on the really complex ones, too. Maggie's a, a law student, and she is sharp as anything. I don't think she gets my sense of humor. I don't blame her. A lot of people don't. But as in my book, Maggie is top-notch. I'd love to keep her forever. So if you're listening to this M-Train, don't go anywhere. So I, I hope that you know gives you a little information on the team. I love these people. They're fantastic. They have made my experience of practicing law so much better by being in the office. Uh, I feel like the luckiest, uh, luckiest guy in the world to just be around these people because they're such great people, but they're also high achievers, smart, and wonderful people. So, you know, we're looking for a new employee to replace Alexa. The main thing is going to be, you know, can they fit into the, the culture at the office and can they do the job? So we'll be interviewing in January for people and we've got an ad running, fingers crossed. And good luck to Alexa. Uh, study hard. So, you know, signups are stable. I obviously always want more, more signups and my team is great. So I'm going to say 2016 has been one of the best years that I've run my office. And I think part of it is just I've gotten lucky with the team I've got, and they do a great job. So thank you guys if you hear this. And if you don't, uh, maybe I've got good karma for saying nice things about you behind your back. I don't know. So the office is going great. Last thing I'd like to talk to you about are my resolutions, right? So what do I want to do for the New Year's? the new year. You know, like what's my goal in 2017? What can I do better? Well, the first thing is I really feel like in 2016 and even in 2015, I have fallen down on getting on the telephone with clients. Um, we've been really busy, but I really need to get back to personally talking to clients and personally returning phone calls. I enjoy doing it, Sometimes I just get so busy um, with all the details of running the office that it takes me too much time to get back to people or I just don't get back to them. And what I need to do, I read a book with a great idea. It said, you know, don't interrupt your day. Pick a time of day every day, 
schedule, you know, and just schedule an hour for returning clients phone calls. And that's all you do for that hour every day. So I think I'm going to try that in 2017. I'm going to look at my calendar, figure out an hour that's good for me every day, and just commit to returning people's calls and, you know, talking to people personally. My second resolution is to try and sign up new cases because, uh, you know, it's a funny business. Like one giant case could make my year, but on the flip side, it's a numbers game, right? So how do I know a lot of my best cases started out small, but then it turned out my client's injury was serious. So, you know, it's, it's hard for me to tell ahead of time whether I've got a big case or a small case. So all you can do in this business is sign up as many cases as possible. One of the ways I do that is, is going to be trying some new advertising, and that's going to cost me a lot of money. But the other way I can do it is hopefully with your help. My third resolution is just to take more cases to trial. Even on the tough cases, the cases that, you know, we're not going to leave the client in the lurch, but throughout the course of developing the case, we learn that the doctor has written down things that really hurt the case, or there's an independent witness that isn't on our side, things like that. Uh, most lawyers, and I'm no, I'm, I'm no different in this regard, most lawyers are tempted to settle those cases and just not take them to trial. But I'm really starting to have a change of heart in that regard. I've always been a good trial lawyer, even as a very young lawyer, when I had really very little idea what I was doing, I was able to win trials. And I, I've spent a lot of time over the years just getting better and better, learning trial techniques from the best attorneys in the country. And I, I feel like I finally hit a sweet spot in my practice. And that's a combination of just remaining calm at trial, having enough experience to know what strategy to apply to the case, and then positioning the case during trial for your best chance to win. And I, you know, I tried a case, a really tough case with Stasia so that she could see a trial and participate in a trial. And I have to tell you, I was, you know, public speaking is the number one fear that people have. And lawyers are not immune to that. Like most lawyers, when they go to trial are quite nervous and quite worried and there's good reasons for that right they there's a lot of pressure on them like there's a injured person who's relying on them to win the case and then they also have that ego of well I'm a lawyer I'm supposed to be amazing at trial and that's a lot of pressure I'm at the point now where you know we tried this really tough case Stasia and I about a month ago and I was cool as a cucumber I, I don't think I was hardly nervous at all I was completely calm. We were able to put together a strategy and we won a really good result. We, we won, a, you know, we won a trial we probably shouldn't have based purely on the evidence because of the way we positioned the case. So I feel like, you know, with this combination of things, I'm in a sweet spot and I think I need to start taking more cases to trial. That means a heck of a lot more work in 2017 uh, and obviously some cases might be beyond help, but I definitely think I'm going to try and take a lot more cases to trial in 2017 because I think we're going to get a better result than these crummy offers. Uh, you know, once an insurance company knows 
in your injury case that you, you know, that they've been able to raise some questions about how the crash happened or how the injury happened or they try to make it seem like it's partially your fault or they're able to shed some doubt on whether your claimed injuries really were suffered in the crash, that kind of thing. They might make an offer to you, but it's going to be, you know, really low. And a lot of lawyers do not want to put in the time and energy and expense of trying a case. And all I'm saying, you know, I'm not promising I'm going to try every case in my office, but I think it's time to take more cases to trial. So I guess the last thing I should say is if you enjoyed this podcast and sort of a look behind what's going on in the office, please let me know. Email me or give the office a call. You can email me at scott at desalvolaw.com and let me know whether you liked this podcast um, where, where I give you a little, you know, inside baseball background stuff about what's happening at the office. I'm happy to share it with you. I just don't know if you're interested in it. And even more importantly than that, if you, if you think there's something that we could improve on, if you have suggestions, not just for me, but for the staff or Stasia or Jessica or Alexa or Maggie, any of us, if there's something we could be doing better, if you think we should have a 2017 resolution to make the office better and make it more responsive to what you want and need, by all means, please give us a call. So if you have a New Year's resolution suggestion for us, you can send that to service at desalvolaw.com or you can call the office. Service is just like at your service, S-E-R-V-I-C-E at desalvolaw.com. Thanks for listening so much. Thank you for your friendship. Thanks for a great 2016. And I'm looking forward to a fantastic 2017. Happy New Year. Uh, I wish you and yours all the greatest things that life has to offer in the new year. Thanks again.